The Block Talk podcast started because of my passion for the property management industry. I wanted to start a conversation and add some value within the industry with a diverse range of people and professionals who can add something extra. As we start out, my aim is that the podcast offers some useful insight into a variety of views, opinions, thoughts, and foresights from our guests who include business leaders and industry experts. If you enjoy the podcast and want to find out any other information, head on over to brianwelsh.co.uk. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Block Talk podcast with me, Brian Welsh, and Jax Bruce. Jax, how are you? How do you think? Um, I'm good. I'm a bit tired. As I was saying to you earlier on, I had an ill bunny during the night, so I was dealing with that, but it's fine. And I've got cubs tonight, so screaming screaming kids in a hall. <laughs> Oh well, yeah. perfect melting pot for a Tuesday. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. My um, we have a we have a phones on, um, silent rule in our house. So after 10 a.m., our mobile phones go to silent mode, and they don't come back on until seven in the morning. Um, but my other half does not have that rule on our work phone, which went at what 12:30 this morning. So uh, that's fun. <laughs> uh, but no, apart from that, really good. I just spent a week in the Isle of Wight, and the weather was nice in Glasgow, actually, but I got a lot of work done, so it was good, it was good to be there. Good. Cool. So today, our guest is Hugh McGregor, who is the Development Officer of Social Housing at Cycling Scotland. Hugh manages the Social Housing Partnership Fund at Cycling Scotland, which provides support to registered social landlords to improve walking and cycling facilities. Hugh facilitated a workshop at the SFHA Scottish Factoring Network Conference back in December, and we are delighted to have the opportunity to speak with him today. Hugh, I know we've had a wee bit of a chat before this, but how are you doing? You well? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, um, I can um, sympathise with your your cubs and my scout leader as well, and yeah, it's a lot of work, um, so hopefully that will go well for you tonight. Excellent, excellent. My brother, my twin brother used to be a scout leader, actually, for many, many, many years. Um, so, Hugh, can you start by giving the people who listen to our podcast a bit of background on what you do, what it is you do at Cycling Scotland? Yeah, no problem at all. Um, so I work for uh, Cycling Scotland, which is Scotland's national cycling or- organisation. Um, we work with others and help create and deliver opportunities and an environment so anyone anywhere in Scotland can cycle easily and safely. Um, what I do specifically is um, I work with registered social landlords, uh, social housing providers um, for delivering the Social Housing Partnership Fund. Um, so it supports housing associations, um, including factors, um, to improve walking and cycling facilities, which benefit their residents. Okay, interesting. So um, I, have to, I have to say that during the pandemic, I cycled a huge amount. Um, in fact, I bought a bike, which I don't think I've now been on for, for about a year, but I need to get back on it. Um, so with more people cycling, more storage is needed, and we've seen reports that this is becoming a bit of an issue in blocks and communal spaces. Could you give us your thoughts on how factors and uh, and obviously housing associations could begin to make inroads with these initiatives? Yeah, of course. Um, we have seen a kind of a big increase in people cycling. So you're you're not alone there, especially during the pandemic. And the kind of baseline has remained higher than it was before COVID nineteen as well. So there are more people cycling, and bikes stored in communal areas 
changes and well, issue for you know all uh, social housing providers, but also um, factors um, you know private landlords. Um, and it's basically you know, how how do people help um, kind of tackle that issue of bikes stored inappropriately in communal areas and stairwells in and reduce kind of what is a common common area of tension between um, housing providers, factors, and, and tenants. Um, quite fortunate in that the fund that I manage is basically a solution to that so we provide funding um, and it is funding without um, a requirement for match funding as well um, the best thing that they can do is um, provide secure cycle storage and there are a few issues that we can go into uh, later on about how um, how they do that and the challenges there are to that there are a few challenges um, to installing secure cycle storage whether it be the space available um, you know the type of housing and things like this um, we offer support and guidance on that and can provide oh, wow. support yeah. okay so so yeah, I guess so... these are the I guess these are the barriers that the housing associations and factors kind of face um, I have to say so so um, CPL software supply, obviously software, but a huge amount of um, probably factors in Scotland. And when we get asked yeah. to set up standard letters within the product, one of the examples that comes out every time is the letter to an owner or a or a, a property saying, "Please move your bike." Yeah, because yes. it's yeah, chained exactly. to a um, chained to the landing in a tenement, or it's it's inside a door or something like that. It's something that happens yeah. all the time. Um, that's one of the, the, the best examples of letters that these guys come up with and they need to send on a regular basis. So what I, I, you were about to touch on, but what are the kind of biggest barriers to to to, to, to implementing cycle storage? Um, you're right. That is, is, is a really common um, kind of issue for factors. The the main barrier, I suppose, is the space that is available and the funding to put something that's suitable and appropriate in. Um, and it's also um, challenging perceptions of residents that, you know, the closer the, the stairwell is going to be a safe place to store a bike. And the reality is that it's not. And that often um, your bike is more likely to be stolen um, in a in a close than it would be if it was elsewhere because it's it's actually um, quite a quiet place and also it's some um, an area that is often targeted by people um who are you know um for stealing bikes so the the main barrier is the space that's available and the the funding to put something um kind of suitable in and i suppose as well the inform kind of guidance on on what kind of good is and the, the best uh, solutions that you can that you can install that's something that we provide a lot of so we've got a lot of experience of funding projects for secure cycle storage at tons of different um housing types whether it be tenement closes um high-rise flats or kind of modern apartment blocks so we've got a lot of experience on you know the the best solutions where to put them and how to fund them Okay, so I guess that's best practice of the on different housing types, which is really useful because at the yeah. end of the day, you know, finding someone with experience of having done this before is the is easiest way to do that. So from coming just honing in on the funding part of it. So yeah. who can get funding for these things? Who can anyone get funding or is it where, where So that, the the funding that we provide is collection work, I guess. Yeah, the funding that we provide is exclusively for um, social housing providers, but that can be social housing providers um, 
uh, resident social landlords um, who are for their factored properties as well so right. we don't have support for um, private factors but there is support there for um, kind of social factors as well but the the guidance and the best practice um, you know that's available for everybody um, we'll get people who get in touch um, for you know any property and can provide you know support and guidance on oh, okay. you know, solutions for them as well. Okay, so say a, a kind of private factor manages a I don't know a tenement that has eight properties in it. They can get yeah. kind of and they and they have an issue with this. They can get best practice sort of ideas from you guys as to where to put in storage and things like that. Exactly. Yeah, um, and there can be you know specific information around planning um, guidance that that um, might be required. This new permitted development uh, legislation that came in in twenty twenty one. So a lot of people aren't aware of that, and you know this is kind of information. It's quite niche, so we wouldn't expect lots of people to have kind of a good background on. So we're happy to share the the information and best practice that we've developed over the the last few years with the social housing fund. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, so um, f- uh, let's think about fire safety. So. Fire safety is always something that people need to be aware of. What's your best advice for this um, aspect of cycle storage? I suppose it's awareness that um, you know fire safety is a responsibility of all the kind of duty holders involved in a, a property. So often, you know, homeowners or um, um, tenants who are letting properties aren't aware that they are also a duty holder um, as well as the factor or the the landlord. Um, um, for the kind of fire safety responsibilities. Um, so keeping the communal areas clear um, of bikes is not just, you know, the responsibility of the factor of the landlord, it's their responsibility as well. Um, and God forbid, if anything was to happen, um, it would be kind of shared responsibility of everyone. The um, Using the available space is is a you know a great way of dealing with the fire safety issues. Um, we we try where possible to um, kind of use any unused space in a building, um, whether it be bin stores. If something is, um, you know, often people have at some point in the property moved from wheelie bins to euro bins, and there's there's a space there which can be kind of retrofitted, and um, you know to, we can provide support on on that as well. Okay, no, that 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 is a big part because I guess it's the it's the blockage of the of the escape routes and things like that with bikes. Yeah, yeah, big big challenge for people. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's that's it. It's it's having um a clear a clear path um for firefighters if there was um any incident in the building um and you know that is enforced pretty rigorously kind of um across all you know housing um tenures and types. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so if there was one kind of key takeaway for housing associations and private factors on how the best move forward with cycle storage implementation would be, um, what would you say? I would say that there is always a solution for your housing type. or um, So often people will have a, a brief look into this and kind of think, okay, maybe there's nothing that's going to work or fit for my um, specific block or, you know, specific um, kind of housing site that they're looking at. So they kind of will move on and they'll just focus on in, enforcing the clear close policies. And as you say with your letters earlier on, uh, removing bikes. Um, 
there is almost always a solution, um, whether it be installing something in, in kind of backcourt areas or, you know, reusing internal space or um, working with the local authority for some for on-street cycle storage as well, because that's becoming more common in Scotland. Um, there's currently schemes in Glasgow and Edinburgh um, yeah. and you can feed into those um, and yeah, essentially there is always, almost always a solution that you can put in place um, and, you know, provide the opportunities for tenants to be able to use a bike and cycle, um, you know, that, that you know, anyone else would be able to, to access. Yeah, no, that's interesting because at the end of the day, people, I guess if they don't really know about this sort of stuff and haven't really thought about it, they just think there's no solution for them. But because yeah. we've obviously done this so many times that, you know, more often than not, there's going to be a solution you can find, even if it is, you know, going to a third party to try and get some sort of solution in place. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and that, you know, for um, a lot of um, organisations, the time, you know, is, you know, a big cost as well. So, you know, people spending that extra time to look into different products, to look into different things and consult with residents, you know, that can be a huge barrier to putting in kind of good quality cycle storage and we can reduce that and make it much much easier and you know give examples of what's worked elsewhere um and you know basically enable uh the factor to to um to deal with that that issue okay and if and if a private factor or a, or a resident association is listening to this today um, and they want to get in touch, and and they want to talk to someone about it. How who do they get in touch with? How do they how do they get in in touch with um, you or Cycling Scotland or or whoever? If they're to get in touch with Cycling Scotland, um, I mean they can. We've got lots of contact details on our website. Um, so uh, my kind of specific um, kind of email address that you'd be able to um, get in touch with me and other people that work in the same area. Maybe the Social Housing Fund at Cycling Scot. Um, drop an email in there but also info at cycling.scot um, they've got lots of um, contact uh, details there and we're quite a small organisation so if anyone gets in touch via any other means whether it be on Facebook or Twitter or um, you know phoning up as well, phoning up our office then it always trickles down um, and usually to me so um, it is yeah if you're interested in getting in touch the information is out there Okay excellent excellent um, that's been really, really useful, Hugh. Uh, and finally, um, it's a new year on Block Talk, um, and we have a new final question. Um, and I hope you, I hope you're ready for this one. Um, tell us something about you that people are generally surprised to find out about you. Yeah, I was um, kind of, I was trying to prepare for that question earlier on when when you you, you gave me a, a note of it. And uh, I, well, one, I hate talking about myself, and and yeah, it's, it's always a, a an interesting question um i asked a few other people and um i suppose i'm, I'm into quite a lot I, I make lots of things and i do lots of um um different kind of hobbies and stuff and the most recent one is jewelry making so i, I started a, a kind of jewelry making hobby a few a few um a couple of years ago now i suppose but um that's something that i do in my spare time which always gives people a, a kind of a, a bit of a surprise look if i tell them that as well so yeah Excellent, excellent. No, that's fabulous. I mean, it's always good to have things that you try, you know, right? So, well, that's it. Say, I'll, that I'll, does surprise me. So, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, there, well, there you I'll, go. I wasn't. I thought you maybe mentioned you were a scout leader or something like that, which you mentioned. No, no, no. no, well, no, see, no yeah, that wouldn't surprise you after 
after I told you earlier. But no, the um, I did I did a welding course before, um, and it was got cut short by lockdown. And then I picked one up just at the a jewelry course at the end of uh, at the the um, the end of lockdown as things started to open up again. So um, the 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 main kind of point of um, thing that I've got out of that is I made my or uh, engagement ring for my wife and our uh, wedding rings as well so that's uh yeah yeah that's that's very special that's fabulous that's fabulous well Hugh thanks very much for coming on that's very informative and and yeah hopefully hopefully people who are are, are looking to to deal with cycling stories will get in touch with you yeah no problem thanks Brian thank you